0: To Michael's show. Beautiful Tuesday. This portion of the program brought to you by Kemp's. Since 1914, you're looking for a career? Go to Kemp's.com. K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. They have hiring bonus, sign-on bonus, and such right now. You can click on Careers at the bottom of the page, fill it out, and they're calling you right back. They're uh, setting up interviews right now. That's our friends at Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That is Kemp's.com, based in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. Again, Kemp's.com. Go to Careers at the bottom of the page. You can find them right there. Uh, Joining us as our good buddy goes, Todd Rosiak of the Journal Sentinel, and uh, talking some Brewers baseball. Todd, how you doing, man?
1: Hey, doing all right, Bill. How you doing?
0: Good. What the hell is going on with the Brewers? They uh, got absolutely drilled last night. They're struggling mightily right now. The hitting seems to be sporadic, or are we just wash, rinse, and repeat?
1: Yeah, it's uh, been an ugly stretch for sure, and I think a lot of this can be pinned on the, the injury problems. Uh, when you go into a season built around your starting pitching and you see these guys dropping like flies the way they have, um, and you, even though the Brewers spent a lot of time in the offseason trying to bolster their starting pitching depth, um, you know those replacements have not really been up to par. Uh, this is the unfortunate result. And then you throw in the fact that the offense has been struggling and kind of gotten back to that home run or nothing uh, mode that they've been in for uh, you know a number of years leading into this season. It, it, it can be kind of ugly, and... Uh, I know they felt pretty good leaving Tampa on Sunday after squeaking out that win against a really good Rays team, but then to come home last night and uh, see Corbin Burns and give up four homers and really get their their doors blown off—it's not not the great greatest way to start a home stand, that's for sure.
0: Is it is it as simple as saying, look, the team's banged up; they've got what ten guys in the IL, and when Garrett Mitchell went down, offensively speaking, it took the wind out of the sails a little bit, but. I don't know if I necessarily buy into that. Like you said, they've fallen back into some bad, bad habits of the gripping and ripping mentality.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's it's incumbent upon the guys that are on the roster right now to, to step up, you know, it's it's kind of a trite cliche and, you know, one that we've heard time and time again, but the, the simple fact of the matter is the guys that are there right now have to do a better job. And that's from the, the top of the lineup all the way down. And, um, you know, looking at the pitching staff, starting with Corbin Burns last night, um, he's obviously got to do a better job as well. You would have hoped that, uh, with all these injuries and all the back and forth and the guys coming in and out of the rotation every fifth day, when Corbin Burns took the mound, you, you felt pretty good about the Brewers winning that game. And that's just not the case right now. Um, you know, he's been—you look at the numbers—you know, slightly better than average, and he's really only had one. What you would call dominant start, and that was, uh, you know, several weeks ago in, in Arizona. Since then, he's been homer-prone. Uh, he's not striking guys out. He just does not look like the Corbin Burns that we're used to seeing, and it's uh, it, it's pretty jarring. So when you don't have that that uh, that foundation piece pitching well, uh, and nothing else is really falling into place behind them, you, you see the results, and it's not not pretty.
0: What uh I, I don't even know where to go with all of this because you've got guys that are banged up. You've got guys that are starting to come back. I mean, is, is there hope on the horizon? I mean, I know you've got, you know, Woodruff's not going to be around to the end of June, most likely, and, and maybe if you're lucky at that point in time, you've got a couple of guys that are starting to throw. Is there is there, you know, like the cavalry coming, or is this a team that's going to just have to scrap and scrape and, and try to just get by and see what they can put together until mid, uh, mid-July?
1: Yeah, there's there's really nothing on the horizon unless uh, you know, the brewers are considering calling up their top pitching prospect, Robert Gasser, which I think is a possibility. Um, But, you know, like you said, Woodruff is out for quite a while yet. Wade Miley's out for quite a while. We don't know how long Eric Lauer is going to be out now. And, um, you know, you you look at a guy like Aaron Ashby, who the brewers are really counting on this season. He's out for the year by all, uh, all, for all intents and purposes. So, there, there is nothing in the upper reaches of the uh, Brewers minor league system, aside from Gasser, that you know any pitcher that you can point to and really feel like that could be a potential difference maker. So, it's again, it's going to be incumbent on uh, the guys who are filling in to, to play their part and on the coaching staff to try to get the most out of those guys and coach them up the best they can because – uh, for, for the foreseeable future, barring any trades. What they have is, is what they have.
0: When you look at this Brewers pitching staff, one of the best bullpens in baseball early on this season. Since then, pitching itself just overall has completely fallen off, ranked 21st in all of Major League Baseball, and that's taken into, cont- into account the first couple of weeks of the season. So uh, as much as we can talk about the hitting and not scoring runs, and Craig Council says, look, it doesn't matter what you put up when or what, you know what other teams put up if you're not going to score runs, but the pitching staff, the bullpen, it's it's just not been good. This is, this is not what we expected at the beginning of the season. We thought the pitching would be decent, but yet the hitting would be maybe sketchy because of some of the unknowns. But it's just the opposite now.
1: Yeah, it's it was a team that was built around its pitching and built around its defense. And, uh, you know, I will say the bullpen for all the turnover that it's had um, from last year and coming into this year, actually been a really good unit and defensively that's that's really where the the brewers have been making their bones they've been really good defensively this year um so there you know there are some there are some positive signs there are some positive pieces on that team but when you have the major parts of of the brewers you know starting pitching and the offense just performing so inconsistently it's hard to overcome that night after night and, and and you're seeing the results of this and you know, unfortunately for uh, Brewers fans, I'm sure they're watching the Cardinals racing up the standings as well. You know, people had them dead and buried two weeks ago, and and look at where they are right now. They're putting it together and clicking on all cylinders. I'm sure everybody expected that to happen, but maybe not until uh, you know July or August. But here we are, and uh, we're not even to June yet, and they're and they're uh, putting it together. So. Uh, scary times but at the same time there is a long long way to go a lot can happen guys will start getting healthy Uh, Luis Urias is is due to be coming back here in the not too distant future so that's another bat that um, you know the brewers will have at their disposal that I'm sure they're hoping uh, to get big things from so in the the meantime they're they're just going to have to continue to play with what they have and The schedule does not get any easier either with uh, the Giants coming to town next in a four-game series and then right back out on the road to Toronto next week.
0: Um, Should there be a genuine concern at this point? They are ranked 23rd in Major League Baseball in runs scored. Only the Nationals, Royals, Padres, A's, Guardians, Marlins, and Tigers are worse than the Brewers with a 703 OPS for this team as a whole. I mean, get Urias back, yes, that's good, to maybe get that guy back. But I, I don't even, you know, I I sit here and I get friends that text me and say, oh, my God, how do you manufacture a run? I don't even know how to, like, respond to that anymore. Todd, are you are you so sick of hearing the term bunt and move a runner over and, and play small ball? Because I don't even know what to do for the Brewers anymore when it comes to the ability to score runs.
1: Yeah, it was the first month of the season was very refreshing, and it it was kind of centered around the young guys, Garrett Mitchell, Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, getting those guys on base and, you know, moving them up and kind of doing the, you know, the fundamental things that have been missing for so long. But, uh, you know, Bryce Terang and Joey Weimer are at the bottom of the lineup right now, and, and as we all have seen, young players are going to have their ups and downs and uh, you know, they, they have not been particularly impressive at the plate. Garrett Mitchell's out for probably the season with that shoulder surgery. And as a result, you have guys at the, at the top of the lineup right now who just are not getting on base. And then you become Homer reliant. And it's kind of just the same old thing over and over again. If you don't hit a home run, you don't score runs and ultimately you don't win. So Again, they're going to have to figure out a way to get some production out of those guys at the top of the lineup, get guys on base for the guys in the middle of the lineup like Rowdy Tellez, uh, William Contreras to to be able to drive in, and uh, you know you throw in the fact that the Brewers continue to struggle against left-handed pitching as well, and it's just uh, it's one of those deals where it's almost like uh, Groundhog Day again, and mm-hmm. I certainly understand the Brewers uh, fans' frustrations. Uh, because it does get kind of tiresome to watch year after year. And it, but it's just one of those things that, that's, that's uh, been tough for them to figure out.
0: How disappointing has the Jesse Winker uh, move been to bring him in and think that maybe you can get some DH power out of him? He obviously hit well in the National League Central when he was with Cincinnati, and you thought, okay, maybe you can resurrect some of that. No home runs, a batting average of two twenty eight and an OPS of only six twelve I mean, that's y- y- I don't think anybody saw that coming.
1: No, I think there definitely were some higher expectations for, for Jesse Winker based off of his track record, and especially his track record in Milwaukee as a hitter for all the time that he played here while he was with the Reds. Uh, you know, he, he says he's healthy, he says he's feeling good, but you, you really wonder how much those off-season surgeries, one to his neck and one to his knee, uh, really took out of him physically. And maybe he's still kind of feeling his way through um, you know, trying to trying to find a, a a sweet spot, if you want to say that, um, you know, maybe he's maybe he's uh, subconsciously kind of nursing those areas a little bit. It's hard to say, but uh, you know, he is one of those guys at the top at the top of the lineup. You know, usually hitting second, who is just not getting on base, and and uh, you know, he's part of the reason that they're not getting it done. So. You know he he's in that in that boat. Um, you know Luke Boyd, even though he's on the uh, the IL right now, another guy who had a proven track record as a major league hitter who has been very disappointing as well. So it's uh, you know the group of underachievers on the team uh, numbers wise is, is is fairly large, and those guys are going to have to uh, figure out a way to make it work if if the uh, the Brewers want to have aspirations of getting back into the postseason. That's for sure
0: at what point, I I mean, what is it going to take to kind of get them off the schneid? And, and and because at this point, I think it's just a matter of a couple of games where the offense starts to roll pitching, starts to pitch at least well, or better than adequate. And then maybe you get a little bit of momentum, but right now it's just, it's tough to watch, man. It just is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a group effort. It's going to take a few guys stepping up and, you know, maybe you get a couple. You're able to string a couple good starts in a row together. Um, you know, close those games out with Devin Williams. Uh, get a couple games uh, in a row where you know you're you're clicking offensively. Get Yelich going. You know, maybe Rowdy hits a few more home runs. Brian Anderson. Uh, it, it's going to take all really all hands on deck because they are not the talented team. Uh, that we all thought they were coming out of spring training and and again much of that has to do with the uh, with the injuries, but there's also that inconsistency and underperformance too so again it's it's kind of a trite phrase that guys really need to start stepping up and, and and delivering the way uh you know their resumes tell everybody that uh, they have in the past and that they can
0: is uh being in that locker room being in that clubhouse, what is the um, I, I don't want to say attitude, that's probably too cliche, but what, what is the feeling right now? I mean, I can sense, uh, you can see the frustration on Craig Council's face at this point.
1: Uh, day-to-day, this, the clubhouse is the same. I mean, a baseball clubhouse is a baseball clubhouse, and before the game, it's just business as usual. Guys are going about their daily routines. I don't see or sense any sort of tightness or angst or anything like that. It's way too early at this point obviously after a game when uh, when the Brewers lose they're you know they're down they're quiet uh, but again that's going to be in any clubhouse so uh, you know last August after the hater trade and the Brewers are in that slide yes there was a definite uh, palpable sense of uh, uneasiness and unhappiness but right now it's again it's way too early for any sort of panic or anything like that guys are guys are what they are and uh, you know they're they're grinding along and just you know, going day to day. I don't I don't sense
0: anything out of the ordinary there. Way too early to make this type of a, an assumption, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyway. If things continue the way they are, does this team begin to look at mating, making trades and getting rid of pieces? Or if they're still hanging around a rather lackluster National League Central that seems to be all jumbled up, would you then start to put some pieces in place to maybe go for it and try to add a bat, try to add another arm?
1: I... Would certainly think that uh, unless something really unforeseen happens and they go on some huge uh, losing streak, fall out of contention. I, I would fully expect them to be you know, in competitive, go for it mode again this this trade deadline. You, you said it yourself. The Central is very, very winnable. Even if the Cardinals are playing well, um, you know they're they're certainly not infallible. I wouldn't really worry about any of the teams. Uh, you know, beyond the Cardinals, the Cubs are certainly. Uh, you know, they're, they have the potential to go on a hot streak, but um, you know, to me, it's the Cardinals are bust and and they're definitely beatable. So uh, the, the interesting question I have is going to be with the three uh, pending free agents after 2024 Burns, Woodruff, and Adavas, even if the brewers are in competitive mode at that, you know, going into the trade deadline, you know, do the brewers try to flip one of those guys to fill some holes this season and beyond that's that's what i'm going to be interested in looking at and um you know certainly the way burns has been pitching he's not helping his trade value much woodruff not pitching at all doesn't help and and willie adamas is not doing much either here so uh remains to be seen but again long way to go we got a couple months yet before uh we're getting into the uh the the, um part of trade deadline season
0: Todd, uh, man, you're getting uh, combat work right now, man. So combat pay for what you're witnessing because it has been some bad baseball. Appreciate you joining us, Todd, and we'll, uh, we'll touch base again real soon, okay?
1: Ship me that helmet. I need it.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's our buddy Todd Rosiak of the Journal Sentinel uh, joining us. And he's right. It's just – it's – when it comes to the Brewers, and I, I got my buddy Dwayne who goes nuts and uh, my buddy Carl who texts me every now and then, my cousin who's a huge baseball nut, texts me. He says, oh, my God, what can they do? Who's down in the mind? And It's They don't have much. It's not like you've got a whole bunch of cavalry waiting to come up uh, that's going to save this ball club. It's You just got to play winning baseball. And it just – that, that's why we asked yesterday, are the Brewers in trouble? And people said, no, no, it's too early. I agree, it's too early. But man, the spiral right now. Oof. The hard charging Cardinals, the rest of the division is okay, you know, at best. And you're doing nothing to help yourself. It's not a it's not a good position right now, baseball wise. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. 867 1670. Hit us up again. 877 867 1670. Got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
2: Network.
0: Of pella Windows the Doors of Wisconsin. Go to pellawi.com that is pellawi.com and see everything they have to offer whether it's the uh, they've got vinyl, they've got impervia, they've got three different lines of wood windows, everything to fit your budget, different innovations and the, the best part about it is that uh, the majority of homeowners in the state say pella is the way to go. Go to pella p e l l a pellawi.com that is pellawi.com or call them 855 pella wi that's 855 855- Pella, W I you know what today is Ben by chance what today marks No uh oh actually I do
2: it's 100 days until the college football season
0: Yes it is You are 100% correct Speaking of 100 Yeah this is the this is the day you get excited I'm because excited you're the college football guy Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm, I I've been thinking about some some uh predictions that are stupid and will go wrong but it would be fun if they happened you know, also, Kevin Warren totally screwed the Big Ten before he left, and that story kind of went under the radar. Explain. So the uh, the television deal that was agreed upon last year and mm-hmm. put all the money in the pockets of the schools, turns out that some of it wasn't actually signed. It was just agreed upon, and Warren was wheeling and dealing. He gave NBC the 2026 title game, which he did not have the authority to do, and now... Fox is asking the Big Ten to pay them back forty million for the loss in revenue, which comes out of the schools' pockets, and the schools are mad about it because they've already budgeted their money for the next years. So you have that. You have uh, some like NBC was told that they'll get Ohio State and Michigan to play at night in November, uh, mm-hmm. which they've they don't, do. Things, they don't do. They don't do. They don't do it. Um, so that's always a noon kickoff. So they are unhappy that. They were, I guess, told that they would do it, that they would play at night and they would get because they're gonna be the big ten night game. But it it looks like that is not something the schools themselves agreed upon. So there's mm-hmm. big uh the new commissioner, let's say, has his work cut out. Kevin Warren kind of just screwed them all and left. Yeah. Well, I mean, my question would be
0: obviously he knew what he was doing, so why would you do that? I mean, unless you're just completely trashing the big 10. There was like behind the scenes arguing and bad blood. Why would you do that? If you're, if you're Warren, why on the way out the door, why
2: would you do that? I mean, I think it was his way of getting the job. Like, okay. This is my problem in general with college football is the people making these, these drastic decisions for the future of the sport. One don't care about the sport 2 aren't going to be around for that future. And this was clearly a leverage play for Morin to get a job back in the NFL, which he did. He's the president of the Bears. So he thought, like, his his name was hot in the streets when they landed USC Mm -hmm. and UCLA and they get the TV deal. And I'm sure that just, it allowed him to jump ship and get a better gig, which Mm -hmm. it just doesn't sit right. doesn't make me happy. uh,
0: Yeah, it's, uh, and you're right, it was very much an undercovered story as he walked out the door. But, I mean, now, now the question is, and, and one of the other, I think CBS had the story on it, uh, if I read correctly this morning. CBS had the big questions coming into the college football season this year. Well, Ryan Day actually snapped the losing streak against Michigan. You know, for a long time, Ohio State's made the college football playoffs in three of the last four years under Day, but they've never finished lower than, than sixth in the AP Top 25. But they've gotten blown out over Michigan beat up, a lot of grumbling going on in Ohio right now, not winning a title after getting there. I mean, could this, could this be – if Ryan Day does not get a win over Ohio State this year, could this be the end of, of Ryan Day at Ohio State? That's, my, that's probably one of the biggest questions coming into this season in the Big Ten. When, I mean, we all know, I mean, you know, how much of an impact Luke Fickle's going to have or could he have in the West – Okay, so that's one of the bigger questions for Wisconsin and and for the West. But overall for the Big Ten, how loaded is Penn State? Because Penn State feels they're poised to make a run. And is this it for Ryan Day? If he does not win this year and does not beat Michigan this year, and remember, this now goes back to the big house this year. So if he does not win this year and gets dump trucked by him again, is Ryan Day out at Ohio State? Those are some of the bigger stories coming into the oh, yeah. Big Ten college football season. I mean, you, there, are, you, there are stories you
2: everywhere. You could go uh, right. uh, Iowa Iowa football's offensive coordinator needing to score 25 <laughs> points to keep his job. But they actually yeah. brought in good players this year. They got a yeah. transfer wide receiver from he's Ohio even gonna State. Dis,
0: you know, he's even going to disown him as a son if uh, the offense does oh, not Oh, he would
2: never go that far. Oh, he won't. I think that's been clear. Uh, they football. got a transfer wide out from Ohio state, a former four star. Like they, they're actually mm-hmm. getting some players there. So you got that. You got Matt rule at Nebraska brought in a Georgia tech kid, at quarterback and they, their win total is The same as a lot of other teams in the big 10 West. Mm-hmm. Then the badgers, obviously you, you got the bald man in Minnesota who has a new quarterback who I kind of like um, mm-hmm. some of his staff members have left though, which is hilarious. I, I couldn't imagine working for the guy. Uh, Penn State, I think, is going to be really, really, really good. But can they actually beat the big dogs for once instead of just well, beating everybody else? they've got else? That, that quarterback, Drew Allar.
0: Yes. Uh, I mean, he's taken over this year. And, well, he
2: was a five-star recruit anyway, right? Yep. Top of the yeah. – near the top of the country. Right. And it, it's the old addition by subtraction when Sean Clifford graduates. Mm-hmm. Well, Penn State, how loaded are they? And can they actually make a run?
0: over in the East, but I, I I find the Big Ten this year relatively fascinating. Uh, and I part of me, and I never wish for the downfall, I am not a Ryan Day fan, have never been a Ryan Day fan from day one. Um, he makes way too many mistakes in game. It, he just does. And after watching that cluster last year in the semis, um, when he ended up um, not, when he called the dogs off, for a 50-yard field goal, which was ridiculous. And you're like, what is this guy doing? So we'll see if Ryan Day keeps his job at the end of the season. Ryan Day also going before the same business committee, asking for uh, upwards of $20 million to sustain the transfer portal too, by the way.
2: Yeah, he probably needs community. it. Most coaches yeah. probably have to do that. I think I'm coming around on the Ryan Day thing. And uh, I the more I sit back and think about college football – and the longer I cover it, the more I, I think I realize, and I could be wrong, but I, the, the less importance I give to what actually happens during the game. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like almost every game in the sport, unless you're at the top of the country, is won and lost in recruiting and won and lost in everything that leads up to it. Well, uh, speaking of that, the other all the eyes of the college
0: football world are also on Colorado and Deion Sanders and what he's done because he blew a lot of guys. He, boy, I tell you what, for as much as he was loved when he got the job going into Colorado, he just blew everybody out, didn't he? There was guys leaving that
2: program left and right. I think from last year's roster, there are single-digit players that remained. Right. Which is unheard of out of 100-something. I, mean, I mean, like everybody, everybody a, left. He said, I'm bringing my luggage, and it's Louie. Yeah. Everybody left. Yeah, they're going to stink. Their win totals three and a half. Yeah. And whew,
0: there there was a lot of excitement when they hired him. And he, you know, again, he went to uh, – um, before he got there, it wasn't grambling. Where was he? Jackson State. Jackson State. Thank you very much. I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. Um, he had done a world of wonders with Jackson State. Unbelievable coach. Well-liked by his guys. Just like, you know, salt of the earth coach. And he came into to Colorado wearing the black cowboy hat and the, the bravado. And, you know, he, he was back to being Neon Dion. It's like everything went to his head. And he just, I mean, you have to have a few players that are, you know, are capable of getting the job done that want to stay with you.
2: He doesn't have hardly anybody. Everybody it was a mass exodus. Well, so like just get the hell out of Colorado. I, I think a lot of that was his doing. Uh, the team last year, I think, won one game. I think yeah, they were, they were good. terrible. So I, I think it's a build. Uh, I, as long as he improves upon winning one game like they did last year, I think the hype mm-hmm. will stay because he's getting great recruits. They're just too yeah. young to be great yet. So I think it's a two-year, three-year deal, maybe. By well, then. that was uh, that. You know, sometimes I say you got to
0: prune the tree to get it to grow again. He he burned it down to the ground. And uh, they're waiting to see if uh, a sprout comes out of the earth uh, out there in Colorado. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. are going to go ahead and uh, get back to the phone calls coming up when we come back. So stay right where you're at. want to get into all of this discussion, so stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.
1: Ready! This is the Bill
0: Michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone radio network. You got to hear Welcome back. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Hey, if you're looking for a getaway, I know some friends of mine uh, just took off on a Disney cruise. And uh, they were also, uh, there's another... A couple of friends out of California that took a Norwegian cruise. And if you're looking for a cruise, maybe you're looking for something else. Maybe you're looking for an all-inclusive or something international. Uh, Check out our uh, buddy Kirk and the gang over at uh, Cruise Planners, Land and Cruise Vacations. And if you call them today, they can uh, even finance your trip. Say it's a trip of a lifetime. Say you've been thinking about doing something, whether it's going, say, to Greece or Italy or France, and you just haven't been able to afford it, you think, I'm just going to finance it. going to go ahead and get it done. They do that, too. Call Kirk, 262 anywhere, anywhere, not just here in our own backyard, but anywhere if you're listening to us, 262 262 is Cruise Planners, and uh, they are also a proud sponsor of our motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 2nd, Sunday, September 2nd, um, yeah, uh, Neon Dion. When he uh, he got into Colorado, he he kind of laid the law down. Uh, told some of them to go ahead and get out. Told some of them, you know, hey, you make your own decision. Some of them decided to leave, but he blew it up big time in a big way. Uh, how many? How many? Wonder how many roster players he now has. Ben, I would need big to his, check the his, number. It's because I I know for a while it was in the like forties. And it's grown since then. But in the beginning, it was like every the, the mass exodus started. And, and and there were I was reading, uh, I was talking to my buddy Eric Goodman. He's like, my God, are they even going to have enough people to field a team? And then it got up to over 40, and then it was growing from there. But he was blowing everybody out of that place.
1: I don't yeah, the know numbers, th-
2: they've taken a lot of transfers, but now they're kind of yeah. at the point of the transfers that are left are still left for a reason out mm-hmm. there. So a yeah. lot of the guys that they're taking in I aren't necessarily upgrades. So I, I don't know. I'm right. trying to find the number, but it is, yeah. They are they have no depth, let's put it that way. If they have a starting defensive tackle, their backup might be someone in, in calc two. That's is just college, with is college football better
0: than it was a decade ago? And I'm not gonna go back to the Wayback Machine. I'm not going back to the, you know, playing for a Rose Bowl and being voted as the number one team in the country. I'm not going back to that. But is college football today better?
2: I think it's better in some ways. I think it's going off the cliff in others. I mean, 10 years ago, they didn't even have the college football playoff. So they they probably had the best national championship system that also let the regular season matter. And now since the playoffs come, it's gone downhill in that direction. But there are, like, yeah, kids are making money. That's good. I would say there's a lot of interest. Clearly, there's a lot of money in the sport, which means it's somewhat healthy long term. It's healthy long term, but it's because of the money. It's
0: because of the sponsorships It's because of the betting. And now that you're into the, you know, the, the money of paying players in in collegiate sports. Now, now it's it's just big, business. It was always big business, but it was big business behind the scenes. Now it's out there on the table. You know what? You know, you think about it this way. What Reggie Bush got accused of in today's day and age, legal as hell. Legal as hell. He would he would have already had millions of dollars had you know had all that been in place back when he was getting accused of getting his family a condo and such. Giving back Heisman Trophy Awards and such. Now, no problem. No problem. Yeah, Pac Fan says he's counted seventy four guys in the Colorado roster. I mean that's that's still. I mean, obviously, you're going to field a football team, but that's still compared to. It's tiny. To to many, that's tiny because most most
2: colleges carry about a hundred kids. Yeah, ninety but, something plus walk-ons. Yeah, um, I I do hate conference realignment. Where if I'm you're not really,
0: a fan of right. I'm not a fan of that. Um, I I do like the divisions. In conferences, I do like that. Well, those will be gone in a year. Those are going to be gone. Um, The Pandora's box that was the portal to just basically get kids a little bit of money who have a name. We all knew when the Pandora's box opened, you're never putting it back. You're never putting it away again. And it's, it's now, it's not only out of control. It's now not controllable via NCAA standards. They don't have they don't have enough, in my opinion. They unless something is so egregious and so blatant, they don't have enough investigatory power to follow all the money that is now being poured into college athletics.
2: They just don't. Well there isn't any legislation to enforce. Right. That's that's the there's nothing too. Go and try to dig up. Correct.
0: Uh, there, there's no way to find any dirty dealings that are going on now.
2: Yeah, I, I think, and, and I've heard smart people discuss this that in five to six years, there will likely be a breakaway. Maybe it's the SEC or the Big Ten that go under different names, but they, it's a different entity. It's, uh, it's a professional league. It's like a minor league for the NFL, where they collectively bargain with the players so they actually have something to hold the players to. So they have contracts with schools that they sign. It'll be very loose, unlike the NFL, which I guess is very... Uh, obviously, the collective bargaining agreement is very strict. Here it'll be mm-hmm. looser, but it's so that they could pay them a portion of the TV money so they're mm-hmm. actually under salary, and then they do have some control so that uh, what's going on is is somewhat monitored. That's what people are discussing might happen. Yeah. the The portal...
0: Um, with some of the, you know, now we haven't gotten into the intricacies of the contracts, but some of these contracts, these guys are, if you if you transfer two times or three times, you can make a ton of money before you even get to the pros, and if you ever even get there, you don't you don't even really you're, you're set up for the rest of your life if you are a decent player, and you jump into the portal a couple times. You know what I mean? Because there there's there's no. There's no fulfilling your contractual agreement. There's just while you're there for this year, this is what you're getting paid. And this is what you're going to do. And as long as you fulfill that agreement and, and not base it upon the amount of years, it's just, okay, I'll transfer a couple of times. I'll get more money this year. I'll get more money next year. It's like betting on yourself as a free agent. And then you've got enough money that even if you get out of college and you're a failure or you don't even make it to the pros, you still got enough money. You're pretty much set up the rest of your life. I mean, that, that's kind of the Wild West monetarily of the transfer portal at this point. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670, Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, our friends over there at Burn Pit Barbecue, go to burnpitbbq.com. I have got, I'm um, doing the thin thing. I'm down uh, 15 pounds today, by the way. Lost another pound. So I got some burgers tonight, a little Burn Pit Barbecue, a little rub on there. And uh, sitting down after uh, I get done working in the yard. Watch the Little Brewers, hopefully, uh, hoping for a better result tonight, but it's all because of our friends at Burn Pit BBQ. Veteran owned, based right here in the state of Wisconsin. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. And keep supporting veterans. Keep supporting the state of Wisconsin. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The oldest continuously operating track in the world is right here in our own backyard. That's Great Lakes Dragaway down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. And if you're looking for your passes, your tickets, your events, go to greatlakesdragaway.com. That's greatlakesdragaway.com. 262 302 2138 for tickets and passes for the 2023 season. 262 302 2138 or go to Great Lakes Dragaway. GreatLakesDragaway.com. Great Lakes Dragway Dot com um by the way espn steve says had had uh, some ground pounder on the uh, burgers last night which is uh, part of the uh burn pit bbq guys they do a lot of stuff in the military theme if you will so which is really good you're absolutely right steve really really good 877 867 1670 1670 hit us up um the uh this is from, uh, this is Jacob. Jacob says, uh, hey guys, uh, going back to the Packers uh, earlier discussion about things to watch this season, what do you think about the offensive line and the right tackle position that's still concerning? Who is going to play it? Is it going to be Josh Nyman or one of the other guys? Uh, Zach Tom played okay, but is he really a tackle? Also, how much longer does David Bakhtiari have? Would you start playing Josh Nyman there more often? Well, First of all, if you've got David Bakhtiari on the uh, on the roster, you're playing him at left tackle until you're until he's not there anymore. So no, you're not going to play Josh Nyman over there. If Josh um is going to become a, eventually your left tackle, that's fine. But you would play him, in my opinion, if he's a right. You want to put the best five out there. Okay, uh, y- you can't be thinking about next year what you might do because this year's right here in front of you. And two things you have to remember: one is you put the best players in the best position to be, position to be successful. The second thing is you're not going to tinker around with an offensive line to maybe mix and match, maybe platoon, maybe move a guy here or there while you've got a rookie con, a rookie quarterback under center, and for all intents and purposes, a rookie, Okay, a guy that's never started before, other than one game in his career. You're not going to do that. You're going to put the best five out there, protect your quarterback, try to win ballgames. And, and because not only do you want your quarterback to advance and grow and get better, but the same thing with the guys around him, the wideouts, the tight ends, all of that. So you're, it's not like you're going to sit because you, you're you probably getting rid of David Bakhtiar at the end of the season. You're not going to sit him. That'd be crazy. And you're you're certainly not going to say, well, David, we're going to be done with you next year. So this year it's kind of a wasted year. No 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 no, you paid him a lot of money he didn't play as much at the beginning of last season he was kind of a platoon guy because of the the knee he was on a pitch count no you you're gonna play him and if Yash is your guy great if Zach Tom I agree with you Zach Tom and I've said it a bunch of times he's not your prototypical right tackle he's more of a guard whether or not somebody else becomes a tackle we'll wait <clears throat> excuse me we'll wait and see but no, you, you're, you're going to play your best five. You're not going to move them around. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Um, Jason says, uh, now you're getting a lot of people staying in college because the money's there. It really, if you can go pro, the goal is to still go pro. If you believe you're going to be um, first or second round guy, go pro. Because... You don't want to come back for another season of college football and get hurt, unless, of course, if you're a second-round guy and uh, you're eligible and you believe one more year of college and you'd be maybe a top-10 pick. Okay, I understand it. It's a difference in money, but otherwise, no. You're if you can go pro, go pro. Go because the clock starts ticking then on your time of, of service in the National Football League. And suddenly pensions begin to kick in as opposed to just making some extra money as a collegiate player. You know what I mean? So, no, if you can go pro, you go pro. Um, <laughs> this is, Kelsey says uh, two good things today. One is I got a chance to hear Wayne Larry break down Packers football, and two is the sham wow guy is back on TV. I, if you're watching any sports channel, I did see that. I saw that earlier today. The sham wow guy. So Casey loves the Sham Wild guy. Remember, I remember when the Sham Wild guy came to uh, the Wisconsin State Fair years ago and was screaming and yelling and throwing sham into the crowd and everything. Oh yeah. It, I, it was probably it was I shouldn't say a few years. It's probably a decade. A decade for the Sham Wild guy. But yeah, it was it was awesome. Sham wild guy. Uh let's see here what else do we have here for you. Uh, <laughs> uh Kyle says the portal thing way out of control, which I I tend to agree with. Um this is uh this is from Jesse. Jesse says, uh the old days of the matchups, the history of the game, the the history of the game and games within conference meant something, they don't mean anything anymore. It's all about the money. I'm disappointed with the way college football is and the way the NFL has accepted these younger athletes to come in with open arms. It has lessened the game of the NFL as well, and now it's getting soft. Football as a whole is going down. Um,
2: is football as a whole going down, Ben? I don't think so. Not when they're signing TV deals for yeah. un- ungodly sums of money. I think yeah. that tells you when every single most watched television program in the country is football on whatever level, I think it tells you it's not going down. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I'm i admittedly a sucker and an idiot because no matter what they do to college football, i still watch. Yeah. You know? And I think there are many like me. I am... Uh...
0: I believe, let's, okay, to say the product's gone down, the product hasn't gone down. I think the rules have changed. The way we once knew the game has changed. Uh, certainly, college football has changed. The landscape of college football, the conference realignment, uh, the rules have changed. The way the champions are determined have changed. The watering down of the regular season has changed. Yes, I 100% agree in that aspect. No longer does a guy, one, does a guy committing to you, unless you've got a signature, mean anything. Two, who cares? If he commits to you, he's there for maybe a year. If he wants to make more money and go somewhere else, he'll do it. Because there's always more money on the other side of the railroad tracks. Um, We are seeing a little bit of the decline of some of the powerhouses. Um, you, You have not seen, you know, Notre Dame was up under Brian Kelly for a while. Not anymore. Uh, Alabama has, while it's it's still there, it's still a power. Uh, the question is whether or not they're going to be able to have sustainability when it comes to the power because even though they do have re- good recruiting tools, everybody now can recruit against them via money. It's not just about the winning of championships anymore down there. It's about the money. So now that kind of leveled the playing field a little bit. But I still think... I I hate to say it because I don't like the big business of it and the corporate side of it either, but football still reigns supreme, man. It still does. Stay tuned. Another hour of the Bill Michaels Show. It's all coming up right after this.